Time in the Saddle, myself, Ryan O'Connor, joined by Jason Lint, uh, Olympic Cycles, and of course, and the Giant Concept Store and Giant Store in town, and from Chris Willemser Cycles. Chris Willemser, now a new acquisition, of course, of the Cycle Lab Group. Uh, so we've got a whole uh, offering in terms of uh, uh, cy- cycling knowledge on the table as we ch- chat cycling every week. How's it, guys? Like a ride. Yeah, good. I think maybe what we need to start with is, seen as it's time in the saddle, let's yeah. actually just see how many hours since the last week have we each spent in the saddle. Probably because you spend some time now. Huh? Okay, you're going to have to carry the team here, Jason. What, yeah, what, I know. Uh, no, no, I, I mean, it's zero. You know, zero. Zero, okay. You? All right. Zero. You skill and training. Now, no, if you've zero. got friends that skill and train, Chris is one of those guys that he, did, he, he, he always says zero, but you know, he'll leave from you and go do a three-hour ride. You're my commitment and you never pitch. <laughs> That's, I hear that a lot in my life. You always just got to sit back and wait for that other guy to catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason, the easy way out. How, how many you've done? Are you no, I think I, I think I punched about uh, six or seven. Um, so that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that it was in the lead for the week. Where were you, um, uh, were you, where were you cycling the past week? I did amazing trails out in Stellenbosch. There's just such incredible riding there across municipal land, UCT land, and obviously all the private estates and the conservatories. Um, the new one that I hadn't written was the Sky Traverse. So I think for anybody who hasn't been out there, apparently it's it's relatively new. They reckon that uh, not not many people have uh, ridden that trail yet. Everybody knows the Sky Fall, which has been open for a while. Right. But this is a shorter, much funner section nearby that. Yeah. Safe. Yeah, safe. Did it so be by yourself? The conservatories. You Look, the only reason I wouldn't actually go do it by myself sure. is that it's it's tech, technical is the wrong word. It's it's fun, smooth, easy riding. But yeah. I mean, you can you can fall and hurt yourself, and you don't want to be by on yourself. the ground by yourself. Yeah. But I think from a safety of a general crime point of view, I think mm. it's it's very safe. Yeah, I think a lot of the trails, especially in the northern suburbs of Cape Town, have been under construction. I think a lot of work's being done with the heavy rainfalls we've had, and I know reports from the various um, cycling clubs have said, "Listen, please stay off the trails because they're under repair at the moment," and and still people. You know, they, you can stick tape up, and they don't listen. They'll put the, you know, ride through it or lift their bikes over, and it just spoils the trail. So, just thanks again to the clubs and the great work that they do around the province and keeping the trails as neat as possible. But we, we, with this weather now clearing up, I think this is this is it. If you've been listening to this podcast from the Western Cape, uh, weather office says for the next ten days at least we've got clear skies, which means there's no excuses. Uh, like Chris and I, we, we have this like, uh, oh look at the weather, it's overcast. We're not going to go out today. View um, that changes. We will we will compete. In actual fact, we'll start every week uh, by uh, just having a comparison of how much time we have spent in this in the saddle. Great idea, Jason. Uh, and then it's an interesting time because in the international scene, uh, we've had uh, now three Brits this year that have had success uh, on the majors. We've had uh, the Giro, we've had uh, uh, Tour, and of course uh, the, the, the Tour de France, and, and Spain now with Simon Yates. So we've had um, three Brits in terms of uh, big years and big races. Uh, and uh, this looks great, for I guess, for British cycling. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it was an exciting win for Yates. He's been knocking on the door. Everybody thought that he would, he would win the Giro. Um, his legs didn't carry him through, but it's great to see him in uh, taking that role for Vuelta. So, yeah, it's an exciting week lying ahead as the guys head into the World Championships now. And uh, So is it, it's, it's road, the Road World champ, UCI Road, road and, World Champs. Yeah, Road and Time Troll. Um, and um, I've got my money on Sagan again. I mean, he's going now for his fourth time in a row. So, yeah. Well, listen, interestingly enough, and we just chatted about this before we started, that uh, Yates has now jumped uh, Peter Sagan in terms of these uh, overall world points in the cycling league uh, due to obviously his fantastic tour he's just had. But uh, Sagan's a machine. Uh, in, you know, you, your money's pretty safe on, on, yeah, uh, on, on the, 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 the road champs, especially this, the, you know, he's just, he's, un, he's untouchable. Yeah. Listen, this is actually the first tour I've ever seen him ride and he didn't win one stage. Mm. 
Rest in the legs for the world champs. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason, let's, uh, and I wanted to talk about this because this is also, uh, you know, something that we haven't covered probably as comprehensively as we'd like in terms of, and, you know, both of you, in terms of um, maintaining your your mountain bike. You know, you go out, you're, you're out, you mentioned seven hours that you spent um, over the past week out on, on the bike. How often do you clean your bikes? I mean, and, and I... I should actually ch- change that question because you you're in the lucky position where you can take your bike into work and the work can give it a, a, a you know a wipe down or whatever the case may be. But as a cyclist, how often should you be uh, maintaining your the, you know your, your your bikes? How does it how does it work? So a lot more than most people do is probably the the answer. Um, just last night, actually, when I normally go do a every Tuesday evening ride with a group of guys, and and with the weather, there was a couple of comments on the WhatsApp chat group saying, "Okay, but who's got a sponsored bike service?" And uh, so I actually put on the group. I said, "Okay, fine, guys. Anybody who actually does go weather the storm last night can have a free service." Um, but I think the, the the right answer is, you know, sand on your chain is like sandpaper on sure. your chain. So it's going to wear it out, mm-hmm. and, and that's going to wear out all those other parts. Um, dust and mud sitting on the bike, you never know what corrosion is happening underneath that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. keeping it clean is really the best um, maintenance that anybody can do, and that should be done relatively frequently. And, uh, you know, just avoiding the high-pressure hoses so that you're not spraying uh, water okay. into the bearings and stuff. And, you know, a general little uh, recycled uh, gray water to wash it down and, and your bike should be happy, yeah. I like that because I think a lot of people are, are actually afraid of watering their bikes. It's almost like this thing about water and, and, and bikes that you kind of – I have, again, childhood memories of going out and cycling to school. And by the end of a week, I'd have a rusted bicycle um, <laughs> due to the fact that I guess, you know, uh, back then the, um, the bikes and the technology that was being used, you, you had to kind of lubricate all the time. You make sure your, your entire bike was almost lubed up all the time. Uh, but components have changed since then and, uh, you know, they've become – water friendly so uh, for those of you who are using as Jason said grey water I mean it's, it's not going to harm the bike to, uh, to, to, to run that grey water in, and, and kind of just rinse it off completely and just uh, you know then dry it afterwards and then re-lube no, I mean, I think a lot of the damage after, say, a stage race when guys go up to uh, Sani or something and then get their bike shipped back and the bike arrives back a week later, the damage happened from the finish line <laughs> yeah. till it got to the shop more than it happened on the course because it's been sitting muddy and, and, and wet and dirty for the for the week. Uh, Chris, you you guys are probably the same. I mean, you get uh, your location allows for a lot of people that come off the off Magic Forest and from those locations to come and stop and uh, pop their bike in and for a quick surf. Service or a, or a, a quick wash base service where you take that recycled water and you just uh, use it to to clean the bikes. Yes, that's right. I mean, um, it's like Jason said. The the big thing is the chain in the cassette because that's mm-hmm. where where most of the the basically where it goes on the bike and um, high pressure hose as well. That's a it's a nightmare for a bike. Luckily, we've got that maintenance plan where we wash it every day uh, or at least just rinse it down. What, what, and, uh, what, oh yeah, 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 you yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, have you ever had a clean, a dirty bike? No, no, in actual fact, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, you complain. <laughs> oh, <I> do. <laughs> but, yeah. Tell me about that. Somebody can pull in and you wash their bikes yeah. for free every day. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. So you have a cup of coffee. So we, got, we got it extra mile. Jason. No, 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 that's fine. I'm just, just, <laughs> just gauging coffee, now. A cup of coffee and, and then you get your bike washed. Um, okay, so, so and, and then 
you spoke there about the cassette, and somebody mentioned to me the weekend they had a bad fall, and the cassette um, uh, was a little bit out of out of line, and they straightened it themselves and they carried on. Um, how do you know when it's time to, as a cyclist listening, is that a couple of falls and straightened cassettes, and done, that it's time now to okay, well, listen, this needs to be replaced, or this part needs to actually, you know, be uh, be, be be taken off and removed, and you know, like, uh, how how many times can you straighten a a, a, a derailleur? Derailer, yes. I, th- I think it's most of the time it's it's the dropout hanger that actually bends yeah. and not the cassette, um, and that's that's the cheap part. If you if you it actually protects your frame to to prevent your frame from bending. Um, but yeah, cassettes. I mean, most of the time the guys normally change the chains first before the cassette just to yeah. to give the long term life on the cassette. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, there's, we've actually got up a cringe where the little YouTube video I made probably five, six mm. years ago just to show people what our sort of assessment is mm. when a bike comes in. It's yeah. a sort of 30 seconds to minute little front to back check of the bike that you just check in bearings, brake pads, uh, BBs and and wear on things. So it's maybe worth we'll stick that mm. link up and, and people can see and, and people can comment whether I need to redo a, a less cringeworthy one. But, you know, it's just a quick little concise check to, mm. to see those things. And preventative maintenance is always better than, than later. You know, if you take brakes as an example, mm. your, your hydraulic brakes are going to fail and have more costly repairs if you ride in with worn-out pads. Because sure. the worn-out pads heat up too much. They don't cool down. It causes the fluid to heat. It swells parts in the calipers and levers, and that's where the damage comes. I love this. So, you know, if you can make sure that you never have worn-out pads, you're going to protect the rest of the brake system. Uh, And this is interesting because you might have just listened to parts of what Jason said. We were like, well, that's very technical, that description of how quickly uh, components can fail if you don't look after them and maintain them. But the bottom line is, if your bike's been sitting at home and you've been cleaning it and, and, and you seem to think nothing's wrong with the bike, it doesn't mean it's not time for a service yet or to have components replaced have looked at and checked properly. So uh, I'd like to advise you if you are dusting off the, the mountain bikes or road bikes for that matter um, and you, you, you're looking to get back out on it, maybe go and take it in, go pop in uh, either to Olympic or Chris Williamson Cycles or the giant store in town and go and, and have the bikes checked out. It's worth your while. A lot of people think that the second that you bring a bike into the store um, that something's going to inevitably be inevitably be wrong with the uh, with the bike. That Almost like you feel like, well, you know, it, it's, it's I'm going to get bold. It's almost like inviting an electrician around your house and saying, I think there might be something wrong. Can you check? Or a plumber. And you, you kind of know that they're going to find something, mm. even if there's nothing. I think a lot of people fear that that might be the case when they take their bikes in. And it's not, it's not really. It's for your safety to go have those bikes taken in and be checked before you hit the roads. Uh, because I think that it accounts for, for a large percentage of the, the accidents that happen on the trail. Um, faulty equipment can be blamed, but it's only because you don't uh, go and have it checked and then have it maintained, more importantly. Uh, there is a change in weather. What are we seeing at the moment in terms of South Africa? What are we seeing in terms of trends, in terms of bicycles at the moment? Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we have been chatting about the latest technology that's available. Some guests that, that are in their own right designers. Last week, we had a phenomenal guy who designs components. What are we seeing in the marketplace as we gear to a change of season in terms of purchases? Are people going mountain bike routes still very popular, road bikes? What are you guys seeing in your, uh, in your various um, you know, shops? Look, I think a big change on the product side is that a lot bigger percentage of the road range is disc brakes. So, you know, it's not so much of a debate anymore mm. which somebody is going for. You pretty much go discs or you go in last year's stuff. 
um, and yeah, just an uptake of the, of the new models, which is is nice to see those coming online. I demoed the Giant Trans this weekend, which is the first time in probably five years they've had a 29er Trans again in the range. So you know, to have that extra little bit of travel yeah. just to to really smash the trails was was cool. And I think products like that will suddenly come online, you know, yeah. where where there just hasn't been one. Is that are you? Did you throw? Are you going to back on it again? Is it like? Is this going to be your? Did you just trial it out this weekend to, to see how it was? I mean, if yeah. you, if you were to give it an overall rating, or what, what would you say? So look, I mean, on a, on a trial ride point of view, every time I test ride a bike, I think there really should be like criteria that people need to yes. understand when they demo a bike because a lot of people want to demo a bike, and for me. Don't demo bikes if you're not going to demo. If you're demoing a mountain bike, make sure that you demo a bike with the same tires that you used to ride in. Sure. Because that point of contact is what you know. You go into a corner, a lot of the handling that the average person is judging is not how the bike performs or how the suspension performs, but it's just the tire contact with the ground. So you want to go demo a different brand of bike, get them to fit your tires, as an example. Right. Um, Make sure that they've got your fitment on the bike correct that the positioning of the saddles and the handlebars is correct Mm. and make sure that they've set the suspension correctly for you because then you can know that you're judging Mm. geometries suspension and and handling of the bike without being skewed by the fact that there's not enough pressure in the shocks or that the tires are not something that you you used to and this is something that i always sort of remind myself of when i demo a new bike because for me it's almost a skill being able to get a bike ready and hop on it and Mm smash against your buddies on a on a trail on a bike that you've never ridden before potentially on a trail you've never ridden before um, so that's just something for people to I think bear in mind when they want to demo bikes and it puts a lot of people off brands because if you well your bike setup's not right and you're so comfortable at home with whatever you're using if you get on a bike that's not set up properly for you the first thing is going to be oh it's too hard oh it's too whatever oh it's too these are the things I don't enjoy about the brand 100%. but it's, it's only because you haven't set the bike up properly yeah 100% you could ride a bike that's 10 times better than your bike and not like it you know as I always say to people who want to demo bikes I'm like what, what do you want me to do for you do you want me to make you like the bike or make you not like the bike because I can make you <laughs> yeah experience either, yeah. either. Yeah. Um, but just to answer the question I mean I, I love the bike yeah. I will I will probably get one but I demoed a mid-level one so yeah. I'd be forgiving the gear shifters weren't as good as the shifters on my normal bike Sure, but I wasn't judging it on that I was judging it on suspension handling gotcha. etc um, so when the, the top of the range comes I will when will be available uh, probably in a month or two I think what? price point no I don't look at things like that <laughs> oh you just get them <laughs> listen what, what, Jason what bike are you on now uh, literally, I've spent the last year demoing mountain bikes. Every event yeah. I've been to, I've been on a different bike. So, you know, something like the Santa Cruz Tourboy is something that I always sort of default mm. to if I have to ride a bike that I call mine. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I try to demo mm. bikes so that I can sort of speak with credibility. Mm. What, what bikes have you been on? Have you, have you tried any of those? So you guys have got started stocking uh, Scott again. Have you been out in a Scott? Have you mm-hmm. seen the product, what they've done in the past uh, a couple of years? They're a great seller as well. And Giants are, are, the, are, the, are the global leaders. Scott's up there. Uh, Candel and the various other stock that you got. What, what's the latest thing that you've been on lately and sure. you've been really impressed with? I've got a, I've got a love for a lefty. Yeah? Mm. All the years. Yeah. I mean, a few years ago, I was on a Santa Cruz with a lefty fork. Yeah. Um, just because Santa Cruz didn't bring yeah. out anything new or special. They kept the, the frame design the same for a few years. Yeah. But um, now with the new fork on Cannondale, yeah, it's uh, I'm hooked on that brand. Eh? Yeah. It's, uh, 
Awesome. Cannondale's a great bike. It's a super light bike. It's for me. It's it's a bit lost on me. You know, a lot of people say whatever wherever they can get a performance in, in, in any kind of way uh, improved via the whatever they're using, they will take it. We, we had Sean uh, Old Saker Saka on here, and he was saying, "Listen, however, if I can get a component that makes me, you know, it makes the bike so much lighter, I'll take it." Um, but I'm in a totally different league to that. So I, I get in a bike like, and I, and I use. Maybe what you said now, those two models, the Santa Cruz and the Cannondale, which is two two totally different machines. Um, one is a bit of a, a, a more of, a, of, a, of like a racing car. One's like the Ferrari of the mountain bike world. And the other one is like um, a little bit like a Mercedes of the mountain world because it, I felt, you know, the cushioning on the Santa Cruz was, it was just such a great all-round bike. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the setup was exactly the same on the Cannondale, although the Cannondale I found to be lighter. I found it to be a little bit more sport. A little bit more nimble, a little bit quicker and responsive through yeah. um, through 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 the bends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but Santa Cruz is a bit more forgiving, I would say. A lot more forgiving. So, you know, there's one of the debates is: Do you get a bike that speaks to your strengths? Mm. That that you can, if you think you're lightweight and can climb that you, on a straight road, that you can climb, or do you get a bike that helps mm. you where you're weak? That's so. You know, and that's where this, do you get a 100 mil travel racing bike or do you get a 120 mil uh, more forgiving bike? Because where on average are you going to improve your, your average speed over, over a ride? Um, you know, you mentioned Scott and what it made me think of is their, their new 29er range. I mean, it's, they've got very vague, it's not like a blur and a tall boy or a scalpel and a, what's their long travel bike called these days? You know, they, they run the same name between their sort of more cross-country bike and more relaxed bike, the, mm. the Scott Spark or the Scott RC. Mm. And the RC is the, the 100 mil travel bike and the, and the Spark's the longer travel bike, a little bit slacker fork, but same name. And then the, the Spark bike has a 2.4 rear tire. Now, for me, that trend obviously is great, the fact that we went boost axles and you could run wider tires. And for a few years, we've had this plus bike situation where you had a bike with a 2.8-inch tire or you got your normal bike with a 2.2-inch tire and it wasn't necessarily plus. The The sort of trend seems to be that we go into a bike now, you're going to have one bike mm. and you can pick what you want to run wheel size on it. And the manufacturers have realized, look, the average person wants more grip, wants that control. We can put a wider tire, so let's not put a 2-inch tire or a 2.2, let's put a 2.4 mm. and... You know, that for me is what people should be looking at, um, a bike in that style. Because most people, I mean, without sort of trying to pocket people, most people will benefit from a bike that allows them to ride technical stuff faster because that's where they don't have the capabilities. You know, a, a kid who starts riding at 10, by the time he's 20, you can put him on a hardtail, you'll beat all of us. Sure. But for somebody who started riding at 20 or 30, they just need the bike that gives them the edge. And... You know, you can all sprint up a hill, but getting through the single track is where you you need that extra confidence. Hundred percent, and I love this. Listen, this is uh, what this podcast is all about. This time on the saddle. Um, let's look at the weekend now. What do you guys got planned for the uh, the next couple of? There's a lot happening around the Western Cape. We're uh, at a very busy time. Spring is in the air. Jason, what's what's next in terms of the things that you're doing? So I'm actually not riding this weekend, but I'm going with a bunch of riders. So Marant, who is from Dirtopia, a lot of people know. He's he's been, you know instrumental in getting trails going back in the day. And, and hosting a lot of events um, between him and JP, who a lot of people will see at the, the stage races as the SRAM service center. They organize a little car rally up to the Vanierkpan, which is 
somewhere north of Uppington, and it's a salt pan, and we're cruising up in convoy of uh, vintage cars, leaving at 5 tomorrow morning. And depending on how many breakdowns we get there by tomorrow night, we meet up with some other people from around the country, and we go pitch a tent on the pan for a couple of days. So I'm driving up in a 60s fair lane, and there's enough boot space. I might put a bike in the boot, but uh, you know, otherwise it's a non-riding weekend. He gets Jeez. the most pink slips ever. Yeah, Mrs. Lint, you are the most are, are forgiving you person on earth. I am, but you know, she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeez. Julia. We live, we live through Jason's life. It's it's like you know, we dream he, through his yeah, life. Yeah, he's heading in a Ford, in an old Ford Fairlane, and he's going to go and do a rally of of like old cars. How cool is that? Let's mm. talk about your mundane week, Chris I'll and mine. You, I'll be with you there on Instagram. Man. What are you? Uh, what, what are you doing this week? Nothing. No, I have to start actually training yeah, tomorrow. I've got, we'll be out. Uh, yeah, I have to. I mean, why, um, next race is Wines to Wales, mm. and I am so unfit. What events are happening? This weekend, we've got actually quite a few events happening, especially in the Western Cape. We've got uh, Dr. Evil Classic in Plettenberg Bay. Then we've got uh, Karoo Gravel Grinder in Prince Albert. And um, also the Funky Feinbos Festival at Lom- Lomont Wine Estate. Lomont. 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 Hey, I'm right. 23rd of September. It's Karoo to Coast. Thank you very much. It's a nice website, by the way, www.karutucoast.com. Uh, this coming weekend, 23rd, um, uh, Karutu Coast takes place. And a lot of people will be going along. A lot of people going along to go support. Uh, Buco are involved. It's sold out. And there's a podium. With, look at that podium picture, guys. Check it. He doesn't look chuffed to be there. But I think he's sharing first. It's... I don't know. He looks like he's like, enough. Enough of the paparazzi pictures. Surprised. The guy that won it. And it, look, it looks like a great event. Have you done, ever, ever done Karutu Coast? I don't think so. You haven't? I cannot believe it. No way. Neither have you. <laughs> no. no. Um, let me read this line to you quickly. The Buco, the Buco Lions Karoo to Coast Mountain Bike Race has been selected as an official seeding event okay, for the 2019 Cape Town Cycle Tour. So there we go. And it's in support of the Guide Dogs Association. So fantastic if you've entered a go. I wish you all the best. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a great website. So what else is happening? Then there's the Solar Vaca Cycle Challenge. Oh, you could have horribly messed that yeah, one up. Yeah, yeah. Emma Pumalanga. And then also the Panda Sportswear Summer League, the second race on the track. And that's it. That's it. Be safe on the roads. Go and get advice. And by the way, um, when Jason's back, because be, he won't be at the office tomorrow, but when he's back, you can uh, uh, go and ask for him by name if you want to actually go and, and pick his brain about uh, selecting your next set of wheels. And uh, likewise with Chris, um, 99% of the time when they are in, in, in town, in Cape Town, they'll be at their respective places of work. And it is nice to get uh, you know get information from the familiar voices that you hear on this podcast. And Jason and Chris are both, uh, as you can hear, experts in their field. Um, Jason of cycling and Chris in uh, coffee drinking and um, swimming and swimming (laughs) (laughs) oh we'll find that one out soon (laughs) speaking of which there will be an update Steve Atwell um, will be coming up uh, back on on the podcast soon to chat also guys um, Sean will be here from GoPro Um, there's a sneaky peaky leaky at the new Hero 7 that's on the way and a little birdie tells me it might be in the country before the end of the month, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, and I think it's next week is the 2019 Epic Route Launch yes. Gala Dinner. And I think we've teed up Kevin Vermark from Epic for Brilliant. either the 4th or 10th. Are we all going to that? I'm going. I'm going. Are you going? Did you get an invite? No, I didn't. 
not this year because I bailed out twice before. So, <laughs> so I that's probably it. thought it's not going to waste that time. I'm going with uh, Land Rover South Africa. They've invited me as a guest to come along and go. Um, so uh, Tina Pinar and her team, etc., that are involved as one of the title, oh, they're title sponsors. They're one of the main sponsors uh, of the Absecape Epic. We will look forward to seeing that event. Uh, I've actually I've hosted one of those root launches. I, I think hosted. Three, I remember two, yeah, yeah. two or three years ago. I hosted. Um, my friend Dan Nickel couldn't make it, and he normally does it because him and Kevin from Mark are big mates, and Dan's been involved. In uh, the, the Amsterdam Epic forever, I think mm. you know he's, he's a part yeah. of the, the 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 founding family. Yeah, no, he's of one of the, the guys the that has a long, hard week on the on the trail, mm. losing his voice by the end of the week. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's a great guy. You know, he'll be great to also have a chat. Maybe if he's in town, we'll pull him in on the podcast because he absolutely hates cycling. So let's uh, chat a little bit about the weather. Uh, the rain goes. We got uh, a windy condition Saturday and Sunday in Cape Town, 18, 19 degrees respectively. Uh, Johannesburg, well, what can we say? That heat wave continues. You've got some hot weather this weekend, 27, 28 degrees. Uh, and our fr- friends in Derbs, it's going to be rainy this weekend. 21 showers on Saturday, Sunday 25 with thunder showers. So uh, we'll be back with more Time in the Saddle next week. Sean from GoPro, and we'll have some news on that uh, all-new Hero 7 winter expected rather in South Africa.